You're with Cape Talk. This is Evening Talk. Evening Talk with me, Zane Johnson, 25 minutes to 10 o'clock. I had the pleasure of chatting to Tim Lundy one Sunday evening somewhere late, uh, also on this particular show, but he was out in Robinson. It's nice to to always meet you face-to-face, and finally I can see... Uh, you know, you in the studio and uh, maybe a, a, a selfie selfie time <laughs> a little bit <laughs> later on. Um, um, good evening. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good uh, to be for, here. Thanks for coming in. Is it still raining outside or just very cold? Uh, very cold. Um, <laughs> we need to go home at 11 o'clock, maybe a couple of miles somewhere. Um, our rescue recap for the week, Tim? So, yeah, the rescue recap. Uh, actually, last night it was doing very well until last night. And then um, two mm. calls came through at exactly the same time. Um, both of them not too serious, but one had potential to be serious, um, given the weather that we had last night. Mm. Um, two females that were stuck um, on the front face at Haber Mountain, and I think they did the right thing. They didn't know where they were going. They, they got a little bit lost and um, called for rescue. So the guys went out in the terrible weather last night and um, got them got them back down to the base and um yeah um successful story so front face of table mountain is is not a good place to be even for an extremely experienced person in rainy weather exactly yeah it's um in in rainy weather the front face is a very dangerous place and then you add night time to that as well with cloud cover it it becomes a very dangerous place interesting before we go on to to our topic for this evening why would you want to climb the front face of cape town in the middle of the night, is it just because of the view? <laughs> no, but just you know, just because you're an insomniac, or <laughs> no, because you started in the middle of the day, and mm. and things didn't quite go as well as you planned them, and um, you know, yes, I, I don't know the the circumstances to this particular story, but um, I can sort of imagine, and, and mm. uh, they would have gone up Table Mountain with the intention of coming down in the cable car. Okay. Um, and maybe they got there too late or the weather was bad and the cable car was closed. And so there's nobody up there to help you. So they then would have had to have been forced to walk down. Um, or maybe they were going to plan to come down anyway. Yeah. But either way, they got stuck. They got stuck. They, they, they got into a situation where... Down safe now. They're down safe. The guys went up and got them in, in really bad weather. On the back of that, uh, safety recap. What, what are we looking at? Okay, so safety recap, again, also was not doing too badly this week um, up until today um, where there was a mugging reported at the blockhouse. So if you're thinking of going into that area, just be very, very careful and and aware. Um, Don't take jewelry and valuables. Don't make yourself a target. So, yeah, King's Blockhouse at the moment, the, the authorities are... Um, stepping up their game in that area now and and making sure that we're as safe as we possibly can be mm. in that area. Has safety improved on the mountain quite a lot? Um, yes and no. I think, yes, it has improved in terms of the thought process of authorities with the public. We're all a lot more aware of it. Um, no, in that I think a lot more needs to be done. Um, I don't think that's any fault of anybody, but mm. a lot more needs to be done in order to make it safe. Mm. You know, around the city, it's it's one thing, p- keep people safe. Yeah. We we can drive around in cars, and police can be there, and traffic police. And but on the mountain, it's a different story. We just don't have the resources 
to to cover every inch of the mountain and the mountain is enormous you know that's why it's it's important to take the safety measures like let people know where you're going um go exactly. up there in groups of two or three uh, yeah. you know just don't go alone uh, you know because it's going to be more difficult for our for, for a thief or a, a mugger to attack 10 people if he's alone he's going to like be kind of scared exactly so, on. so so yeah those those are essential things and we harp on those things because they that's the stuff that saves your life yeah at no, the exactly. end of the day coming exactly. to the topic this evening why is devil's peak not as popular as lion's head and table mountain uh, what is the most popular route on devil's peak i would hazard a guess to say that i think the contour path is particularly um busy because of of the fact that it's a contour path so it's not terribly difficult um the other route would obviously be from Tafelberg Road up to the top top of it yeah. um and you know today and in the past I've spoken to people about Devil's Peak there are a lot of people including myself who haven't done a lot of Devil's Peak yeah there and are three I, access routes aren't there Oh, there's loads more. Is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, there's there's lots of there's three major routes, mm, mm. Um, which is from Tafelberg Road up um, to the Neck, and then you've got from the other side, which is Newlands Ravine, which you have to use from the contour path. Yeah. And then you've got King's Blockhouse as well. You can also come from that side, but okay. there's a couple of paths that sort of split and and go at different levels, different contours. Mm. How how risky are most of these routes uh, going up Devil's Peak? Look, I would say most of them are not terribly risky. Um, most of them are pretty much on the level. However, the thing about Devil's Peak compared to Lion's Head and, and Table Mountain is that Devil's Peak does have a dark side to it. It does have a side that has some very tricky routes. Um, and if you don't know those routes well enough or you don't have somebody that you can go with that knows those routes, I wouldn't attempt them. Um, Knife Sedge is one of them. Yeah. That if you don't know it, um, oh, yes, don't don't attempt it um, because there are some very very tricky routes on Devil's Peak. For the majority of it, I would say it's a it's a nice mountain to hike mm. around and 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 explore. Yeah. Now the the problem with 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 hiking, especially in terms of me, for instance, I hike from the couch to the kitchen, and that's as far <laughs> as I hike, and that's clearly visible in any case. But as an amateur hiker, what route would you recommend for for an amateur hiker? Amateur hiker, I would definitely say the contour path is is a, a definite must. The nice thing about Devil's Peak is that if you're walking on the contour path, your scenery keeps changing. Um, as opposed to Plata Clip, which is not one of my favorites, <laughs> because not only is it quite a difficult route um, and uh, monotonous, um, but the view is monotonous as well. You know, because you're going up that, mm. that one angle Platicum, and you're yeah. zigzagging, mm. you see the one side, then you see the other side, then you see the other side. It, it really doesn't oh. change. With, with Devil's Peak, um, on Sunday, I'm doing a walk around Devil's Peak. Mm. And the nice thing about it is every five to ten minutes you can stop turn around have a look and everything as you saw five to ten minutes beforehand has completely changed so you got about 20 to 30 selfie moments going up oh yeah which absolutely. Is, <laughs> <laughs> which is, the more breaks the better <laughs> yeah. which is the one route that you would recommend up devil's peak besides the contour path i would definitely say the one the the, the most common one which is from Tafelberg road um up to the contour path and then f up to the neck and then straight up to the peak. Yeah. And um, what is the height of Devil's Peak? If somebody, you know, like me wants to go and I can make it past the first 100 meters? 
it's a little bit more than 100 meters. <laughs> um, cl- almost close to 10 times that. Um, so it's almost 1,000 meters. It falls just short of 1,000 meters. So it is, look, obviously you're not going to be climbing the whole 1,000 meters because you're not yeah. starting at sea level. Mm-hmm. But it's still, don't underestimate it. The one thing I will say about Devil's Peak, though, is that when the cloud does come in, it becomes quite a different place. Um, oh. And it can can be quite different to Lion's Head and, and Table Mountain. When when the cloud comes in around Devil's Peak, it almost sort of engulfs Devil's Peak completely and closes in. Um, whereas Table Mountain, it'll sort of yeah. come and go. Lion's Head, same sort of story. It can come and go. So Devil's Peak can... It becomes quite dense very when it dense, actually yeah. does move in. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, how do you pack for Devil's Peak? Do you pack light? Do you pack uh, heavy water, food? Yeah, you with uh, in terms of water, definitely always pack two liters per person. Okay, um, that's not to say that you're going to be drinking those two liters. Um, I don't know many people who can drink two liters in four hours. Yeah, no, they go. They say Tim Landy said I must pack two liters. I'm gonna drink the two yeah. liters as I go yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Tim knows his um, stuff. The, the the thing is, we're planning for two hours, or we're planning for four hours. But that's not necessary to say that that's how long we're going to be there. We could be there mm-hmm. a lot longer, and that's when that two liters really comes into play. Um, because when you, you're exhausted and tired, or if it's really hot in the middle of summer, as we're now going into summer, yes. that can be a, a big game changer. Dehydration is definitely one of those things you don't want to mess with on Devil's Peak because it is very exposed. There's not a lot of trees or shade on Devil's Peak um, on the town side of, of it which is the more popular side, I would say. We had a chat the last time, you and I, um, about backpacks and uh, the, the different kind of backpacks and what you should be packing mm. uh, and what backpacks you should be using. Is there, for instance, a, a different backpack that you would use for a different climb? Like if you're going up Devil's Peak, you, it, it's a day trip, so you take a lighter backpack, whereas you're going up Table Mountain, uh, it's a more steeper route, so you have more support. Uh, what kind of backpack would you be packing for Devil's Peak? I would say for Devil's Peak, pretty much the same as Lion's Head and, um, you know, as a day pack, 25 liters minimum. Um, 40, I would say, is, is more than adequate in terms of what you need to carry. Obviously, if you've got four people in one backpack, yeah. you're going to need a much bigger backpack. Um, you're sort of heading towards 45 to 50 liters. Um, and in that backpack, you're going to need to have rain jackets, regardless of what the weather is doing. Okay. Whether it's on Table Mountain, Devil's Peak, um, and obviously enough water for everybody. And you've got to remember as well, this is where you can't carry water for four people if it's two no. liters, because that's eight yeah. liters, which is eight kilograms. Oof. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that starts to get quite heavy. So, um, so water, yeah, you've got to, that you've got to manage. People are going to sort of kind of carry their own water because it's, it's only fair. Uh, warm tops, definitely, and um, but yeah, Devil's Peak definitely only carry what you would normally carry on any day walk, and always kind of prepare for more than what you're going for. So if you're planning for four hours, mm. plan to be out there for ten Six hours. Six or ten, yeah. Yeah, mm. really plan to be out there for a long time, because if something were to happen, if somebody had to get injured, you're now sitting still on the side of the mountain, and you need that warm jacket. If it starts raining, you need that rain jacket um, headlamp because you weren't planning to stay there the night. You you were saying, why are these people hiking at night on the mountain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They probably left at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which yeah. in fairness on Tab Mountain is too late to head up Tab Mountain and try and get back down in time. Yeah. 
the the other problem is is that you know the first time I went up into the mountain in the years that we could go up we could actually sleep over on the mountain which was great it made for camping you yes. sleep in this this the sleeper you know sleeping bags used to be big at that time on the mountains and we used to go with a, a scout master and my very first time everybody laughed at me because my mother packed pajamas for me <laughs> <laughs> so gear is absolutely important and i think absolutely. one of the most important things when it comes to gear besides the backpack are the hiking boots that you are wearing yes too often i come across people on the mountains as well as um, other other people who walk regularly where people are inadequately dressed or inadequately equipped um, and that includes the shoes yeah. where I've I've gone many a time on Plata Club and somebody comes past me barefoot. And Ouch. I know it's no, the whole sort of being one with nature and everything like that. But, yeah, it's... You're going to be one with pain after that yeah. when you get down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who was Van Hunks and how is he connected to the storytelling, actually, of Devil's Peak? I always love this story because I think it's a... It's a it's a nice story to tell for for Cape Town and for Devil's Peak. So Van Hunks, the the legend goes that he um, had gone up and um, had an argument and wanted to go and smoke his pipe and was up on Devil's Peak, and a gentleman came along and um, started chatting to him. And of course, they then had this contest to see who could smoke more than the other in terms of their pipes. What he didn't realize is that he was smoking against the devil. Oh. And um, so he apparently he won, but he actually lost because he was going against the devil. So the whole story goes when you see the clouds around Devil's Peak, that's old Fanunks and the devil smoking it out, <laughs> which makes a lovely story for, for a mountain that not a lot of people. Quite a nice know legend. Yeah. yeah. Coming up for 10 to 10 on Cape Talk 567, you can find us, of course, on channel 885 on DSTV 567 or you can actually just download the app and we will be with you all the time chatting to Tim Lundy and hiking with Tim Lundy every Thursday this is our feature and today Devil's Peak is um, what we are covering now how do we get to the trail um, heads to start hiking okay so there are quite a few ways because obviously access to Devil's Peak yeah. there, there, there are lots of access points but the, the more popular ones is Tafelberg Road. So if you go past the cable car and you drive all the way along Tafelberg Road, which goes past the cable car station, goes all the way to the end. Now they've blocked it. Sandpox, I think it's Sandpox, have, have, have closed the road off because it became a little bit too dangerous at the end of that Tafelberg Road. Um, and also there's been damage on the road from from weather conditions is that past when you go past the the, the, the cable station yeah you, you get a toilet facility and you just is carry it, on going that goes past that goes past platter clip eventually yes and then yes. and then you just carry on going and past platter clip the road bends quite badly. yeah it, yeah. it bends okay. all the way around and it basically finishes more or less at that neck of devil's peak mm, and, and mm. table mountain that's where it okay. where it comes to an end they've put concrete um bollards across the road so that's the one route up so there, there's a there, there's some blue gums there, and that's that's probably one of the more popular ones. I will say though, if you're going to hike from there, I would suggest don't leave your car there. There's been many many break-ins um, because the cars are so isolated. If a car alarm goes off, there's nobody around to hear it. So if you do want to do that route, rather park at Kloofneck and catch an Uber up. 
Oh, okay. And then one of the walks that I did recently um, when all the rains came was that we would start on that, we, we would get a lift up to that route, go up to the contour path, and then walk all the way back to Cloof Corner. Okay. And you've got a lot of waterfalls and stuff. Even now, mm. this weekend, there will be some spectacular waterfalls along that route. Okay. Um, and, of course, um, the history of mines, does the mountain have that? It does. It has an old tin mine that they, they tried to go and dig in and, and find some tin. I'm not terribly sure whether they found enough. Mm. Um, so the mine doesn't actually go terribly deep into the mountain. The sand parks and, and the authorities don't want to advertise it. Um, and I totally agree with it because it is such an old mine that uh, with bad weather, it's not the kind of place that you want to be hanging out. Um, but it's just interesting to know that, that Devil's Peak has, has quite a lot of history on it. And, and yeah, it's got its own tin mine on the slopes. The problem with, with, with history, and this is what we've been chatting about since there's been the whole hoo-ha about the fact that we need to write history and we need to teach history all the way through to matric and the kind of thing. Um, is a lot of this captured um, in documentation or, or is it just sort of narratives that have been told? Yeah, it is. There is um, if you go onto the internet and you do, you sort of search Tin Mine I'm sure, or Devil's Peak and Tin Mine, I'm sure you will find some information about it. Um, but again, it's the kind of information that don't particularly want to make because they don't yeah. want hordes of people going to going it because it, it, mm. it's just too dangerous. Um, but yeah, there's there's lots of history on on Devil's Peak um, that I think you know, like the King's Blockhouse and the Queen's Blockhouse. That especially the Queen's Blockhouse, which is kind yeah. of just falling apart, it's just mm. ruins now. But it's what was the main function of the King's Blockhouse on on the slopes of Devil's Peak? So the, the the main function that I'm aware of is that when you look at its position, when you're standing at King's Blockhouse, you can see all the way across the Cape Flats and almost all the way to Musenberg, but you can also see around to the city. Okay. And so you had your noon gun, which would fire, which still to this day fires. And when you go to the King's Blockhouse, you'll see there is a cannon there. But it's a very small cannon. It's not exactly going to do much damage to anything more than half a kilometer away. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was never used for for um, trying to damage anything or in anger. It was more for smoke signals. And that was what the noon gun was also there for, was that when the ships would come into Table Bay, they needed to know what time of day it was so when noon happened mm. they would never listen out for the bang they would look for the smoke so when they saw the smoke because obviously yes sight goes before yeah. um so they would look for that and then they knew that that was 12 o'clock but the king's blockhouse what they would do when the ships would come in they would fire uh, the cannon, uh, I'm, I'm not terribly sure how exactly, if it was with different color smoke or, yeah, yeah. It, you know, almost like Morse code is, yeah. it, to tell the farmers and, and everybody else, ships are approaching, bring your stock in and come oh. to the market so when the ships come off, you can then sell your produce. So it's like a trader's alert to say, listen, exactly. guys, you know, money's here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here comes the shillings and the pounds. Yeah. Um, Anything else about Devil's Peak we should know? And why is it actually not that it's as popular as Lion's Head and, and, and Table Mountain itself? Is it just basically because people don't go there? 
Very good question. I'm not terribly sure. I'm, I'm one of them. I, I, I've, mm. I've been on Devil's Peak quite a few times, but nowhere near as many times as, as Lion's Head and, and Table Mountain, um, which I think is, in a way, it's quite nice because if you, if you go to Lion's Head now and you go up Table Mountain, you'll know how much traffic there is. So Devil's Peak is always quite a nice alternative. Um, you still get fantastic views from up there. And it's not as busy. It's not as crazy as the other two are. Mm. Um, and I, I'm not. I think maybe it's a little bit. The, the routes are a little bit longer than okay. sort of Lion's Head, but it's yeah. And and uh, chatting to Tim Lundy with our, um, our hiking feature this evening, and uh, of course we're recapping very very quickly about Devil Speak and so on. Anything else happening in and around the Cape Town area in terms of hiking? Because I know that we're heading over from into September, October, which are the the nicer kind of times yeah. to go out hiking because the sun rises earlier, uh, the sun sets uh, a lot later, so yeah. you've got that nice extended day where you can actually see and, and, and be around nature. Yeah. Um, there is nothing that, that's on the radar at the moment, but it, it it's, uh, yeah, the, the, the mountains are going to get busier. I think that uh, um, if anybody's out there and, uh, you know, if you're doing a hiking trail or anything happening out there, 0214460567 before we uh, uh, say goodbye to Tim. So uh, nothing happening on the mountains? and uh, Yeah, there's always something. Something yeah, always happening yeah. on the mountains. Um, people are always out. I think once the weather starts to clear up now, I mean, we've got rain tomorrow and I think Saturday, Sunday is going to be a little bit sunnier. I'm going out on Sunday. So if people want to join me, they can go to my Facebook group, which is um, Cape Town Hiking with Tim Lundy. And um, I've posted it, um, which we're going to just walk. We're going to circumnavigate Devil's Peak. Mm. Um, but yeah, there are lots of hiking groups, lots of people out yeah. there. Um, I think the, the important thing is that people are out there and, and stay safe because and, and, and hiking groups. I had somebody the other day ask me, is it okay to walk alone? From a mugging point of view, definitely not. No. From a safety point of view, in terms of your own personal safety, the worst thing you can do. Because if something goes wrong, you're on your own. Yeah. And I think we were talking about hiking, hiking apps earlier uh, on. Yeah. And the thing is, they're they absolutely use, useful. And they are there for yeah. you if you're stuck in the mountain to sort of send an alert. And uh, hopefully, you know, they could possibly get you down from whichever point you are. And the hiking apps are fantastic because they, they pinpoint you via GPS or something like that, yeah. which is absolutely great. How big, and I know a couple of metro rescue guys who do mountain hiking or mm. mountain rescue and things like that. Um, how big of a component do we have? Or should that be, that component be sort of increased in terms of uh, mountain rescues? I know that the AMS choppers go out quite often. I, yeah, we've got one of the biggest in Africa in terms of the, the peninsula is is very, very busy. Um, basically because we have, I think Sam Parks reckon it's over 2 million people that are hiking these mountains every year. And that number's growing constantly every year. So we've just got to be aware and um, vigilant and, and yeah, let people know where you're going. Don't, don't assume that people just know what route you're taking. There's between... Signal Hill and Cape Point, there's close on 900 
different routes to choose from. So yeah. getting lost is one of those realities. And the problem is there's no way you're going to be able to put up a smoke signal out there to tell us <laughs> if you're lost or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely the cannons don't work anymore. <laughs> Tim Lundy, thank you so much. Looking forward to chatting to you again. Yeah. And uh, all the best for the Sunday. Um, Great. Go to Tim Lundy's uh, Facebook page and uh, that is exactly where you will find all the details. Uh, are you limiting the amount of people for Sunday? I generally do. Um, I don't like to do more than 16, um, but it's still very small at this moment. So, yeah, I, I think once it starts to get too big, then I can I can cap it on 